Hey, welcome to Finance Friday. It's good to see you all this evening. I'm coming to you with a quick Finance Friday tonight. I want to talk to you about investing, right? Now, um, for those of you that don't know me yet, my name is Jerry Feta. I am the CEO and founder of Wealth Dynamics. And every Friday, I do a training on finances. I've been doing this for many years now. I started way back in like 2017, 2018. And the purpose of these courses is to provide on a free training on a Friday night, simple, true, and applicable information as it pertains to building wealth, building financial wealth in your life, right? So we cover all sorts of topics. We've gone over investing, increasing income, taxes, debt, saving money, right? Real estate, tax stuff. Like it doesn't matter. We've covered almost every topic under the sun. But this evening, this Friday, I want to talk to you about investing, Right. And and the reason I want to go over this is this is one of those topics that can be very um, misunderstood. Right. And I was having a conversation with someone recently and they were very eager to invest. They were very much like, you know, I want to get into this. I don't want to wait. Let's speed it up. Let's hurry. Let's make it happen. Right. And and I can share with you. I'm going to I'm going to share with you tonight the process you should go through when it comes to investing. Right, the process you should go to go through when it comes to investing. Now, the first thing to understand though on this is the purpose for investing in the first place. Right. And and we have, you know, a lot of misnomers out there and 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 things that people think about why they should invest and what the reason for investing is. And because of that, the purpose is going to be the thing that dictates the process. Okay, I want to repeat that. The purpose is going to be the thing that dictates the process. Okay, so if I think the purpose of investing, let's say, for example, is retirement, what is my process going to look like? Well, based on the fact that I can't retire till I'm age 59 and a half or older, the process is probably going to look like me putting my money in things that I can't touch till I'm 59 and a half and really not putting that much attention on them because I can't use them right now. What does that lead to? Well, that leads to um, uninspected investments. That leads to low knowledge. That leads to low levels of responsibility as an investor, right? That leads to, you know, oh, I'm going to put it in the market and I hope the market does well and, and it's all up to the market and it's all up to my financial advisor. And when I'm 60, I hope it's all ready for me, right? That's not the mindset. That's not the process you want to have, okay? If the purpose for investing is I hate my job, I'm stuck in the rat race, therefore I want to break free and not have to do anything the rest of my life, then that's going to dictate the process of investing. Do you see that? So I want to start this with a couple of questions that I, I, I go over with clients often. And if you've not thought of these, right, I want you to. Okay. So if you think about this, I'm going to whiteboard this out. Check this out. Okay, so the underlying purpose for investing is wealth, right? Wealth, that is the main thing we're trying to accomplish, okay? What is wealth? Wealth means abundance and prosperity in all dynamics or areas of my life. Okay, abundance and prosperity in all dynamics of my life, right? That would be wealth. Another definition of wealth that I have, this would be continuously improving quality of life for 
myself, my loved ones, the world around me, right? Those would be definitions of wealth, right? So if I'm wealthy, I would have continuously improving quality of life for myself, my loved ones, and for the world around me, right? If I have wealth, I would have abundance and prosperity in all dynamics or all areas of my life, right? So if I make that the purpose behind why I invest, right? Because purpose is a big deal. I need to align the things in my life with my purpose. When you have a job that's not aligned to your purpose, what do you do? You hate your job. When you're in a relationship that's not aligned with your purpose, what happens? You, you get tired of the relationship, right? When you're constantly doing an activity that's not aligned with your purpose, you get what? You get burnt out. You start looking for other things. You feel trapped, right? So I don't want you to invest because you're currently living a life you feel trapped inside of, right? Because what's going to happen is you're going to use investing as an ends to a mean to escape from one trap, not knowing you're just jumping into another one, right? So a big thing you're focused on here is not just wealth, right? But you're also focusing on financial freedom. Right? Financial freedom. Now, financial freedom is not a definitive statement. Right? Like someone that's like, I am financially free, right? Well, yeah, to some varying greater or lesser degree, you are. Somebody who doesn't have debt is more financially free than someone that has lots of consumer debt. Somebody who has passive income is more financially free than someone that doesn't, right? So it's not this absolute, you are financially free, just like wealth. Wealth is not an absolute definitive statement either. Right? Someone can have greater wealth than someone else or lesser wealth than someone else. Right? So you're going to have like varying degrees of financial freedom, varying degrees of wealth. And the focus is improving it. Right? Here we have lesser wealth. Here we have greater wealth or greater financial freedom. Right? And there's going to be milestones along here. Right? There's going to be a milestone where Good. Somebody who has, uh, you know, a financial education, they have more financial freedom and more wealth than someone that doesn't. Someone who has the education of the top 1% when it comes to money, right? So, so this would be one of them. We would have all the way here. The first one I would say would be a mindset, right? Do you have the mindset of the top 1%? Someone who has the mindset of the top 1%, they have greater financial freedom and greater wealth wealth than someone who doesn't, right? Another one would be education, right? We talked about that. Another one over here would be solvency, right? Another one over here would be structure. What do I mean by structure? I mean, I mean the insurances, the trusts, the tax planning. Someone who has those things in place, like the top 1%, is more financially free and more wealthy than someone who does not, right? The other one over here, we keep going, right? And at some point down the line, we get into investments, right? So we get into an investment, right? Now, when we're investing, again, we need to do it in a way that is aligned with financial freedom, and in a way that's aligned with wealth and creating more of those things, right? So let me ask you this critical question because one of the 
points on this progression would be PI greater than gets, G-E-T-S, right? Passive income that exceeds giving, expenses, taxes, and savings, right? This would be a milestone that we call financially independent, okay? Financially independent. Financially, what does that mean? It relates to money. It relates to your financial condition. What is independence? It means not relying on something else. It means you're self-sufficient. It means you are your own economy. Like the word economy means the management of a household at its root, at its origin. So it would mean that your household is not dependent on somebody else. Your household is not dependent on, on a job. Your household is not dependent on the economy. Your household is not dependent on a government. Your household is dependent on your own creation. Right? Now, here's how you get there. The, the way you get to financial independence is you get to a point where you no longer are obligated to trade your time for money. Obligated. What does that mean? It means that you have to do it whether you like it or not. It's against your will even, and you still need to do it, right? That's also a definition of slavery. Obligation. Having to do something regardless of my will, regardless of what I want, regardless of what I don't want right? Those would be obligations. Those are not things that I necessarily want. I want freedoms. What is a freedom? It means that I get to do something because I want to do it. I choose it, right? So being financially independent does not mean I hate my job. I don't think trading time for money is a good thing. I don't ever want to exchange with humanity ever again. I just want to have passive income from objects, right? Where I don't trade and don't work and put no effort and put no value into society. And I want to do that and still be able to have all the freedom I want. That's not what we're talking about here. So if your purpose for investing is that, turn the video off. I'm, I'm the wrong guy for you to be listening to, right? Now, think about this. If you didn't have the obligation of trading time for money, would you still be doing the thing you do with your time right now? Call it your career or your vocation, right? Now, if the answer is no, then you have a problem with your purpose. And financial independence is not going to solve that. You have currently traded yourself, your time, your most valuable resource for something you don't believe in. For the sake of a paycheck, you're in the worst kind of financial slavery, Right now, I'm not talking about this touchy feely like, oh, everything I do in my job has to be something amazing and it has to be something I love and I need to be excited about all of it. Guys, there's a lot of stuff I do on a day to day basis in my business that I don't really like. I do it because I have to just like being a parent. There's a lot of stuff you do it as, as a parent where you're like, that's not my favorite. I wouldn't prefer to change a diaper. Right. I wouldn't prefer to, to, to have to pester a child to get their their homework done. That's not my favorite activity, but it comes with the territory. And you're never considering like, oh, maybe I should trade this out, right? Maybe, maybe I should get rid of my kids because it doesn't align with my purpose. No, the purpose is the outcome. Does this thing make the effect that I want to make in the world around me, right? Not am I excited about every aspect of the day-to-day -day doingness of it. It's does it make the effect I want to make? And so if you're watching this right now and you're saying, I want to invest because the purpose is that I don't like doing the thing I do for my job because it doesn't make the effect I want to make. I'm telling you today, investing will not fix that. You have a problem with your mindset 
you have a problem with your financial education and you have a problem with your purpose. And it probably means you don't understand your purpose, right? You need to go through, we have an exercise called the life purpose exercise. You would need to go through something like this to actually get clarity on what is my purpose? Why am I here? What, what is going to fulfill me from a work standpoint, from a vocation standpoint, from a life standpoint, right? Now, if I ask you, okay, if you didn't have to trade time for money right now, you had no obligation, would you still do the thing you're doing? For me, guys, my answer would actually be yes, because I love what I do. I don't run my business because I have to. I run my business because I want to. This is work I choose. That's the difference. And if I had financial independence, I would still choose it versus saying if I have financial independence, I wouldn't choose it. Right? That's very different. It's like, you know, the commitment level isn't there. So I, I'm trying to get the point across your purpose for financial independence cannot be the avoidance of things you don't like. Right? So you should fix right now ahead of time, aligning your purpose and your money. What do you trade your time for? Money. Okay. So are you trading your time for money in a way that aligns with your purpose? And if the answer is no, fix that today because the investing thing is not going to fix it. That's the myth. And the reason it's the myth is because it's it's touted by people who have not actually ever gotten there. Or it's touted by gurus who are trying to sell you their stuff. So they make this this really nice looking like shiny object of financial independence and, and you get to shed all responsibility and it's going to solve all of your problems. Do you know what it's going to do? It's going to make you bored. It's going to make you bored. It's going to give you problems. It's going to make it to where you don't contribute value to society, right? You don't want that. You don't want an effortless, purposeless life, right? I was talking to a guy about a month ago, real estate investor, owns 30, 40 properties, doing his thing. And, and, and I asked him, like, when, you, when you're financially independent, what do you want to do? And his answer was golf. Really? You're telling me with all the wars, pollution of the water supply, trash everywhere, illiteracy abound on the planet, right? Poverty, like lack of financial education, uh, abuse that's happening, like all these things that are going on. You're trying to get free so that you can hit a little white ball around on your lawn. That's your big contribution. That's what you're going to do. No, I don't want to help you do that. No, thank you. That's not what I'm interested in. Right? So I want you thinking about this. It should be if I didn't have to trade time for money, I would still do the thing I'm doing regardless. Right? You should try and get that figured out. Now, if I'm still going to do what I'm doing regardless... Do I really care if I get money for it? Like, am I against that? Where I'm like, I want to do the thing I do specifically and make no money for doing it. No, I would like, if I get paid, like, I'm still going to be like, okay, great. I got income. I'm going to keep doing this. I like this, whether I get the income or not, I don't do it for the income, but if it shows up fine. Right. And you'll actually find you make more income when you do that. When you're not thinking about the money, when you're just creating and you're doing the thing you love doing because you love doing it and you can really get into that zone of artisticness and creativity and that's what produces massive amounts of value for society and people appreciate that because they're like, wow, this person really did, you know, their very best on this thing. Not because they were trying to get paid, not because they had to, because this the joy of creating, that's what they love doing. Okay, so if I wouldn't stop doing what I'm doing, if I didn't have to trade time for money, 
And I wouldn't be upset if I did get money for the time I was trading because my time actually represents help. I'm helping people and I get paid when I help people. So if I'm like, cool, I'm still going to get paid probably. I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing. Why in the world would I get to the point of financial independence? Why even invest at that point? Right? Because I'm not trying to escape from anything. You guys see this? So here's the, the, the diamond in all of this, right? You would still invest because you need to get to the point where you're not obligated. If you don't get to the point where you're not obligated, you won't truly ever experience freedom. Right? Like imagine doing something because you want to and you've chosen to and you like it and it's part of your goals versus doing something because you have to. And something bad will happen if you don't do that thing, regardless of whether you want to or not. Right? So financial independence, passive income that exceeds your giving, your expenses, your taxes, and your savings, those four items, gets you to the point of not having obligation, being free to choose. And it doesn't mean that you're going to unplug entirely. It means that you have now the choice. And if you choose to keep on doing what you do for your active income, great. You've got double flows now. You've got your passive stream. You've got your active stream, which, by the way, every top one percenter has. The myth that you unplug the, the active and now you just live on the passive is a myth. Show me one person doing that. And the people telling you to do that aren't even doing that. And I'll prove that to you. If you want to email me and say, oh, I listened to this guy and he says do passive income. I'll show you exactly how that guy also focuses heavily on his active income, usually selling you a course or his investments. Right? Do as they do, not as they say. That's the key with the 1%. Do as they do, not as they say. Warren Buffett tells you to invest in S&P 500 index funds, yet he won't touch them. Do as they do, not as they say, right? So you need to align your investing with your purposes. Now, when you align your investing with your purposes, what does that mean now? It means a couple of things, right? And I've gone over this before. I want to hit these points again. The first thing it means is exactly what I drew here. I'm first going to invest in my mindset. That's my first investment. Next is my financial education. Now, I'm probably going to do those things at the same time, right? The other one in here, right? And, and these are not necessarily in, in chronological right now, but skill set. Mindset, education, financial education, and skill set, right? These are the three things you need in order to start building wealth. The fourth one in here is your network. Right, so I'm going to invest in my mindset, my education on finances, my skill set that I earn income with, and my network. And I'm going to keep investing in those things because that makes me more valuable. Because guess what? Those four things I'm going to take with me no matter what job I have, no matter what business I'm in, no matter what state or country I live in, no matter what age I am, my mindset, my financial education, my skill set, and my network will always follow me. Nobody can take them from me. I'm in full control of them. I can't lose them. They're not going to be taxed. Inflation doesn't do anything to them. These are the real things you should invest in first. So if you've not done these, we're not even having the conversation of investing in assets. 
right? You need to do these first. Then you get into your financial solvency. Because you've done these things, you're making enough income actively and you're saving enough money to handle your debt to save 40% of your income, to fix up your credit, to do all these things to become solvent. Do you know how many Americans aren't even solvent right now? They don't own more than they owe. They don't earn more than they spend. They don't pay themselves first, right? Solvency, right? These are the points you've got to be focused on. Then I get into structure. I'm investing in my estate plan, my tax plan, my asset protection plan. These are all structures, my insurances, my banking system. I'm putting all this stuff in before I invest in assets. Now, I finally get to invest in assets, Right. And because my investing is aligned with my purposes in life, it's going to change the way I invest. Right. Someone that's not investing for that, they're investing for retirement. Why? Because you're told you should. What are they going to do? They're going to invest in what? The stock market, the 401k plan, the retirement plan, all of this stuff, simply because that's what they were told to do. So that's their purpose. That's what they invest in. Right. Somebody who hates what they do for a living and they feel trapped and they're trying to escape. Do you know what they're going to invest in? Whatever they can get the highest return on. I know because I did that. That was a, a myth that I bought into for the longest time. As I invested for the highest return things I could get. That's all I cared about. What's the rate of return? What's the rate of return? What can I earn? How does it work? Let me see it. I want to get the money, right? I want to get the income. I want to replace. I don't have to work so I can I can stop trading time for money. Why? Because I was believing that that is what financial independence means. Do you know what the result of that was? Investing in things that had high returns just because they had high returns that ended up turning into fraudulent investments where I lost a lot of money. Why? Because the only thing I cared about was what's the most amount of money I can make. The most amount I can make, the quickest I can make it, the least work I could put into it, right? It's all just commodity, right? It's literally the equivalent of like prostitution versus marriage. I don't want any of the, the long-term stuff. Just give me the quick hit, right? Investing isn't Tinder. Investing is your, your literally long range. You're going to do these things for years and years on end. Some of them you might hold for the majority of your life. You should treat it that way. So I want to share with you the phases of investing when you're getting into assets. What should you be doing? Right. The first thing is everything I covered. If you've not done the mindset, the skill set, the network, the financial literacy, right, the, the solvency aspect, the structures, all these things I mentioned, if you've not done those, don't try and invest in other assets yet. Okay, if you've done these things, now you should be looking at assets. Right now, the first thing you should be looking at is you should be looking at what is investing. Right, You need to define that. It's to clothe your capital. That's the root of what investing means. It's literally like putting clothing on your money. Right? Okay, so when you pick clothing in real life, you probably pick it the same way I do. If you don't, fine, but this is how I pick it, right? So I only pick clothing that I like, clothing that I understand, clothing that fits me, clothing that fits my goals and purposes, right? Clothing that is vital, right? It's got to be vital, right? It's also got to be something that's not overpriced. So it's got to be fairly priced. Finally, clothing that I control. 
right? So if I see a shirt and I don't like it, I'm not going to put it on. If I see a pair of shoes and I don't understand them, and I'm like, that's Kanye West shoes, for example. I don't understand them, so I don't wear Kanye West shoes. If I pick up pants that don't fit me, I'm not going to put them on for work, right? If I'm going to be outside in the snow and my goal and purpose is to stay warm, I'm not going to wear shorts and flip-flops, right? Vital, like like essential. Let's Let's change this word to essential. Right? I'm probably going to wear underwear before I focus on, on $300 Gucci belt. Right? That's essential. The underwear is. The Gucci belt's not. I'm not going to free ball it and go commando. But I was like, oh, $300 Gucci belt. But I'm not wearing underwear. Right? I'm not that guy. Okay? Fairly priced. I'm not even going to do the $300 Gucci belt. That's too much for the value I'm getting. Right? And then finally, I'm not going to rent my clothes. I'm going to buy them. I'm not going to put clothes on that someone else can take away from me or they can pull my pants off all of a sudden randomly like that when I'm walking past the front desk at nine in the morning on a Tuesday, right? So if you would not clothe yourself that way, then you also shouldn't clothe your money that way. You should not invest in things you don't like. I don't like pharmaceuticals. So I don't invest in companies that support pharmaceuticals, right? I don't understand cryptocurrency or foreign currency trading. I'm not a foreign currency trader. I'm not a bank or a hedge fund. I don't understand that. I'm not going to go learn it right now. So I'm not going to invest in it, right? What about fits me, right? What does that mean? Each of us is unique. Our preferences are unique. What we're willing to experience with investing is unique. The rewards that we are willing to get in exchange for the risks that we might take on is also unique. So I need to go through a process of understanding myself as an investor so that I can then understand based on who I am, what I know of myself, here's what fits me. Don't do it the other way around. Oh, I'm going to change myself to fit the investment. No, you are you, right? Now you might change as your mindset changes, as your financial education changes, as your network changes, as as you gain experience and familiarity. And so periodically, yeah, you do need to review again in a new unit of time, what fits me? Who am I as an investor? What's my investor identity? What's my profile like? Okay, so I've got to go through that. Then I need to understand my goals and purposes. What's my goal? What's my purpose? What's my timeline? What am I using it for, right? So if my goal right now is I want to buy a car in six months, I'm probably not going to do a real estate deal with that money. Why? Because the real estate deal is probably five years, 10 years, 20 years. The car is six months. If I put the money in the real estate, I can't do the car. Similarly, if my goal is to achieve financial independence, passive income that exceeds my giving, expenses, taxes, and savings, then until I achieve that, I'm probably only investing in things that produce passive income. Right? And if something doesn't produce passive income, unless it's in like a retirement account where I can't have it anyways then it's probably not something I'm going to put my active savings into. I'm not going to be like, cool, let me stack this up in there now. Right? So I need to focus on this. Then I look at, okay, I would only invest in things that I consider to be essential. Right? What's essential? Housing is essential. Food is essential. Clothing is essential. Transportation is essential. Education is essential. Water is essential. Oxygen is essential. The planet is essential. People are essential. These are all things I would invest in. Money is essential. 
right? These are things I would be like, okay, these are parts of everybody's life. It holds the world together. So if I invest in those things, they're still going to be used whether the economy is doing well or not well. That gives me stability, right? I would only invest in things that are fairly priced, which means I need to understand the difference between price and value. And then finally, I would only invest in things that I control, right? So how do you control something? You control it through possession. Like literally, this is my pen. I can control it. The only way that someone can steal my pen or I lose my pen is if I misplace it or I don't hang on to it tight enough. That's a level of control, right? The other level of control is through regulation and accountability, right? So I might invest in a business where I'm not going to go show up to work there or, or a piece of real estate where I'm not going to go manage the property myself, right? But I'm going to get regulation from a third party that's going to basically watch that asset like a hawk, right? They're going to make sure it's doing well. They're going to make sure the rules are being followed. I'm going to have financial accountability in place. I'm going to get third-party statements and reports and audited financials so I can see, is this thing doing what it should be doing? Why? Because that's how I run my own business. So if I'm investing in someone else's asset, that's like investing in their business. An asset, a fund, it doesn't matter. That's someone else's business. So I need to have regulation and accountability, right? That's what it means, okay? So Here's the process you're going to go through. The first thing is you want to go through the process of number one, reviewing your financial condition. And if you're talking about investments specifically pertaining to investments, you need to take inventory of what do you have now? What are my current investments? Where, where are my assets placed right now? Right. So I need to do a review of that. And I should have that done by someone other than just me. Right. Someone that's got an exterior viewpoint where they're not stuck in the frame. Right. In order to see the full picture, you can't be the one in it. So have someone that's not in your picture, that's not in it, that can look from the outside in and say, OK, this is this is what I'm seeing here. Here's what I here's what I look at when I look at your picture right now. OK, the second thing is you need to understand your investor profile. Review your condition and then understand yourself. You should go through a risk simulation and understand what are you okay with with risk and reward. You should go through your investor personality and find out what is my personality style? Am I aggressive and I like to act fast? Am I more slow, right? You should understand that. You should understand your timeline. You should understand your financial goals and targets right now, right? So understand your investor profile, right? Then... You need to get a portfolio, we'll call this a custom portfolio of assets that meet the clothier capital for you that line up with your unique investor profile. I need a portfolio of things that I, I, I can say, okay, cool. I like that one. I understand it. Fits me. I go through the checklist. And if it matches the checklist, that's the one I'm doing. Might be a couple things, might be one thing. I might say, good. I don't understand everything well enough yet. I'm going to do the one thing I do understand. And in the meantime, I'm going to learn so I can understand the other ones. Right? So that's the fourth part is education. Okay, I believe before you invest in anything, you should study it. Did you know Warren Buffett studies on average four hours a day? The amount of research and learning that this guy does before he picks a stock. 
right? If you study under Grant Cardone with real estate, the amount of, of observation and study this guy does on properties before he picks one is amazing, right? So you need to do education as well, right? One thing you're going to see, guys, investing is a lot like hiring. Who has heard this? Show of hands, who's heard this? Hire slow, fire fast, right? Invest slow, exit fast, right? If something is not the fit, you get out of it. You don't get into it quickly because you need to take the time to do the education. Number five after education is due diligence, right? Education and due diligence aren't the same thing. And let me give you an example of that. Okay, I'm gonna invest in uh, seller finance real estate. So I need to learn about seller finance real estate, right? The ins, the outs, how does it work? I need to get the concept of it. That's education, due diligence. This is the company I'm going to work with. These are the properties that I'm going to select. I'm going to ask the hard questions and review them now to determine, am I going to do these properties, right? Finally, we get into investment. Once I've done all of these things, I finally can get into the investment stage, right? So I want you to see that this is not like I saw a YouTube or TikTok video from anyone, including myself, that said invest in blah, and then I'm like, cool, let's do it. No, no, no. Let's look at your finances. Let's understand your investor profile. Let's build a custom portfolio that fits you. Let's get you educated on the assets in the portfolio. Let's have you perform due diligence on all of those things. Then let's have you invest. Right Now, the other thing that I would add into this is you should do all of this with a registered fiduciary. What does that mean? This does not mean you're going to go to a, a financial advisor and buy stocks. doesn't mean you're going to put your money in mutual funds. Right. This means that so a fiduciary is someone that legally is obligated to act only in your best interest. That's their job. Right? Their job is not to sell you a certain thing or, or direct you towards certain products. They're literally your wingman. Like you're, you're having them there to have your back. So a registered fiduciary, if you do it correctly, they're non-monogamous to any asset class. Meaning if you have a real estate deal, they will review that deal and help you understand if that's a good investment. If you have seller finance, they're going to help you look at that. If you're trying to get into gold and silver, they're going to help you look at that. And they're really going to call it like they see it. And they're going to make sure that you are truly picking something that's in your best interest that you know, okay, good. This is the right thing for me. They agree. Yep. This is definitely the right thing for you. This protects you. It protects you from downside. It protects you from fraud. It protects you from bad investments, from slimy salespeople. So all of our clients that invest, by the way, they go through a registered fiduciary. They go through this process. Right. This is all part of what we provide. And I'm sharing it with you today, because if you're a client and you're like watching this video right now, you're like, I want to invest. I want to invest. I want to invest. Good. We're going to get there. But let's get you through the process first. We'll work with you. We'll get you through it. But it's more important that you do it right than that you do it fast. There is such a thing as monetary velocity. You do want to move quickly, but you don't want to go so quickly that you don't have the information to make good decisions. Right. So you need knowledge to make decisions to have speed. You don't skip the knowledge part so that you can have decisions to have speed. You've got to have the knowledge there. Right now, if you're not a client and you're watching this, I want you to understand this is 
one of my unique messages, and I don't see this message out there very often. I'm not telling you to diversify. That's not the conversation here. I believe diversification is for idiots, just like Mark Cuban and, and Warren Buffett say, and Andrew Carnegie, right? You diversify to spread risk. Do you know how else you spread risk? By not violating these things. By not investing in things that don't meet the checklist on clothier capital. That's how you avoid risk, not by saying, there's one thing I don't understand, therefore let's add 15 other ones I don't understand also, so that the one thing I don't understand, if it goes down, I have 15 that might not. That's not very intelligent, right? So I would never invest that way. If you're not a client of mine and you're watching this, this is probably new. I don't think you've been taught this before. Financial advisors, even the ones who are registered fiduciaries, they're not teaching this. They're teaching you to invest for retirement and put money away till you're 60 and diversify and all these different things. They're not telling you, no, 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 no. Let's handle business first before investing. There's a lot of stuff we got to do before you even invest. Once you do invest, here's what you need to be looking at. Here's the seven points of clothe your capital, right? Here's the process. And then I'm going to be there as a fiduciary to make sure that your best interests are being taken into consideration on everything you do. Right. That's really what this should look like. So if you're watching this, what I would like to do uh, and we're going to have to wrap it up here is I want to give you a copy of my book. Right. Let me grab it really quickly. I actually don't see it nearby. Just one second. So I want to give you a copy of my book, Blueprints of Financial Freedom. Right. If you're watching this video right now. Okay, and, and you've not grabbed a copy of this, you've not read it. The first thing you should do is you should invest in your education. Right now, when I was first starting out, like there was so many people out there, I didn't know who to follow. This person had different advice. That person had different advice. Everyone had a different thing that they had to talk about and different viewpoints. And it was just confusing for me. So I was actually hesitant to do anything because I was confused. I had all this knowledge and I was consuming it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. So I want to give you a couple stable pointers. I want you to read this book. Right. I'm going to have you read the book. I'll put it up on the whiteboard so you can get the link and you can go grab it. I will give this to you for free. You cover your own shipping. Deal. Good. So to get the book, you're going to go to jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. Right. You're going to get a free copy of the book there. I want you to read it. It'll take you about six hours uh, my team will actually reach out to you to make sure you get the e-copy so you can start right away, right? We'll, we'll mail out the paper copy to you as well. The other thing I want you to do is as you're investing, there's two things I want you to look at as an indicator of making progress on your investments. The first one is quality of life. Is your life getting better as you invest? Because if it's not, why? Why are you investing? Right. And I would I would you know venture to say that if you're putting all of your money in your retirement account, your life doesn't improve one bit. You don't experience anything when you do that. You just put the money there and you see a graph on, a, on an online statement or a paper statement and it changes your life. Zero. Right. Except for the negatives, then it changes it a lot. When it drops, that definitely changes your life. When it goes up, it doesn't mean anything to you. Why? Because you can't use that till you're 60. So quality of life is one of the main things you should be looking at when you invest, right? The other one you should be looking at is health. 
right? Help, right? And, and this could be, let's just put this under quality of life just so I can keep it as two points. Quality of life, this is always going to be yourself, loved ones, and world around you, right? So if an investment is making one or all or, or both or, or however many of these better, to that degree, it's a good investment. The other thing that should be happening is your net worth should increase. Your net worth should be going up. Right now, if that's not a conversation you're having in your financial life, you are in a state of confusion on your finances. Right? Doesn't matter how much money you make. You can be high income, high net worth, high assets. If you aren't tracking the increase of your net worth on a monthly basis and the investments that you make financially don't improve quality of life for yourself, your loved ones, and the world around you, then you're, you're, not, you're not making good progress financially. You're not building wealth. Right. You might be building a retirement nest egg. You might be building, you know, future problems down the road. Like it doesn't matter, but it's not wealth. Right. So if you're watching this right now, again, guys, grab a copy of my book, Blueprint Financial Freedom, jerryfeta.com forward slash B2F promo. Okay. I want you to grab that, read it, get in touch with my team. We can help you through this. And that's all I got for you this week, guys. Uh, thank you for watching. And I'll see you again next week on Finance Friday.